Adam Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. Yes, the Nolcast uh, continues on, uh, fortunately, with uh, the good people from New Iberia, Louisiana Hot Sauce, three simple ingredients, one fantastic product. And uh, Bud, let's jump into the Nolcast here. Uh, big congratulations to you on your new position with 247 Sports, something you and I have conversed about for a good bit of time and happy to be able to the, to give you the congratulations that come with that becoming an official thing. And I'll let you take the mic, speak about your new position, and then uh, give people an idea as to what the uh, NOLCast will look like moving forward. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll be doing recruiting, college football, a little bit of gambling, and then also uh, origination and some team site uh, to national desk uh, synergy over there. It really went when 24 seven came to me, they, they laid out the list of things that they needed uh, in, in this role. And I said, well, that's exactly what I've been doing at SB nation, almost to a T literally all of those things for about a decade. And that it just made a whole lot of sense. It's a great growth opportunity for myself and my family. And uh, the, the people there are extremely passionate about recruiting um, you know, for so long, I, I've been pretty much the only person uh, from from my outlet that would go cover recruiting. And to be honest, I loved it because I, I would cover it exactly in the way that, that I wanted to do. Uh, but at the same time, I always thought, man, if I was on a team that was very recruiting focused, how much more could I learn, right? How much more of the picture would I see? What would I miss? Uh, fewer things. I, I'm, I'm really excited. It, you know, never, never easy to leave a group of people at, at Banner and, and, and at Tomahawk that I've been with for so long and, and awesome people. But it, for me, it was just the right time and, and the right challenge. And Ingram, you know, I'm competitive and like, I, I want to win and I'm, I'm hitting, hitting this thing to ground running. I'm excited about it. I really am. Uh, now, as far as the future of the Noel cast, that was very important to me. Uh, and in the past has been a, a deal breaker for some other companies that came after me. And I said, look, this is something that I'm passionate about. I, I want to continue to own this show. Ingram and I do this show regularly. We've done it for you know, quite some time. It's the, the longest running FSU podcast. We worked it out. So uh, the Nolcast is here to stay. Uh, it's not being folded into any other podcast. And uh, we just wanted to start the show off with that. I, I appreciate your congratulations. And I'm really excited uh, to keep providing really great content for everybody. <laughs> Uh, very, uh, very Bud Elliott S statement there. Yeah, no, man. Congratulations to you and Maggie. Great stuff. Look forward to see what you do at 247 and uh, look forward to all in which we have in front of us. Uh, not totally unexpected, but still really positive news uh, from the world of recruiting. Uh, Florida State picked up a really impactful commitment from a kid out of Jacksonville, Florida that we spoke of in a real kind of anchor for the class and somebody that Mike Norvell can kind of build his transformation of this uh, this program around. Don't want to speak too broadly there, but this is a this is a real big get in Brandon Jennings and uh, to give people your opinion as to where the class of 2021 sits right now. We said we would judge Coach Norvell and his staff based on how quickly they could get Jennings in the boat. It was a kid that we knew liked Florida State. It was a kid that we knew uh, had real upside, real ability, potentially five-star ability. I know we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, and so let's judge him. Uh, good job, Coach Norvell and Florida State staff. This is something that you needed to get done early. You're right. I think he can be a, a bell cow, to use that term, type of player 
in this class and, and what really makes him a special player. This is one of the most physically gifted linebackers that Florida State has signed in in a number of years. I mean, they haven't signed him yet, but at least had had committed in, in a number of years. I, th- I think he compares favorably to pretty much anybody you signed in the Jimbo Fisher era, uh, dating all the way back probably to to Nigel Bradham. Uh, he's a really big, physical, thick kid that you don't typically see that type of size from a, from someone who you think can stay at the linebacker position as a high school junior. I know he's, he's going into his senior year, but typically when I see a kid who is Brandon Jennings size on the recruiting trail, I think, okay, look, he's probably going to end up at, at a defensive end uh, type position, maybe an edge rusher, maybe a jack. Ingram, to me, the guys who are truly special players are those players who have the ability to what I call play up, right? So it's, can you be a 285-pound DN and make an impact out there? Because that way, that changes what the defensive coordinator can do. He can really stop the run in a different way. It changes potentially who your force player is. It, it, there's a lot of stuff that really you can do if you can play up. And by play up, I just mean play a smaller man's position at a bigger man's size, as opposed to having to move down the defensive spectrum. And I don't think people really say defensive spectrum in football. It's a baseball scouting term that some of the baseball guys I know use, but they're talking about, you know, can you, do you have to move off third base to go to first base or, you know, from, from short to second. As far as Jennings, I, I think he has a legitimate chance to remain at and, and be a really high quality linebacker and not have to switch positions. And you look at a kid like a Justin Flo in this last class, Justin Flo, who was from another green jerseys, that would be Upland, I believe, California. Justin is a little bit bigger uh, than, than Brandon was at the same age. He's probably a little bit more violent. Athleticism, uh, Justin tested fairly well. So I think he's a slightly better player than, than Jennings at this point. Uh, Flo is, I mean, but you're talking about a kid in Flo who, Brandon Huffman, uh, w- w- one of the top guys for 24-7 sports on the West Coast, in his personal rankings, he had him fourth in the nation overall, regardless of position. So I don't think it's out of the question necessarily for Jennings uh, to end up a five-star if he tests really well, because the physicality is there, the instincts are there. On film, it looks like the range is there. If you're going to be a five-star linebacker in today's day and age, and I'm not on the rankings Council at, at, at the moment because I don't really have an email address yet and I don't know how to write articles. But if he tests really well, I think that's the way that you get into five star status. And that, that's something that we probably won't see until this summer at the opening or, or if he goes nuts at one of these uh, opening or Under Armour camps in the spring. But that's something I'm going to be looking for because all everything else, he kind of checks it off. I mean, size, athleticism, instincts. That's an excellent player to get in this class. It, it really is. I mean, he would be. He would be arguably the best player in last year's, or excuse me, not last year's, but in the class that Florida State just signed. He would be second only to Demory Tate as far as the, the, the current rankings. And I think he has potential to, to rank extremely highly when all is said and done because of his ability to play up, to play that small man's position at a big man's size and, and bring that physicality to the defense. Oh, he's, he's real physical. I mean, there, there are clips of him taking on guards that are some of the more violent interactions that I can remember seeing, uh, from a high school, high school tape. So, uh, five star, four star, wherever he ends up ranked, uh, I'm not all that concerned. It's, it's a great thing for Florida State, uh, to be able to get back in the game of recruiting kids of this caliber. 
Uh, he'll be, a, you know, something that they build their class around and uh, something to help give them legitimacy in some of these pursuits of other elite prospects where, uh, you know, this is a program where kind of it may sting to say that, but this is a program that needs some additional support and additional able to buy into it. And uh, Jennings is a, a major, major first step. A great get uh, for Mike Norvell and a really positive sign as to where the class kind of can build from. We will uh, thank our friends at Madison Social, uh, as always, been with us since day one. I want to draw people's attention to the Tallahassee Wine Mixer, uh, as we've discussed here frequently. Uh, Two different tiers there, uh, the VIP tier uh, and the general admissions. Uh, VIP is $60. uh, The general admission is $40. Both uh, sets of tickets come with uh, some fantastic things. The general admission is the unlimited wine sampling, the commemorative tasting glass, uh, unlimited games, and then the VIP has the mozzarella and charcuterie that we've talked about. Uh, Just a a fantastic event, something that these guys do a great job of hosting and uh, want to, again, remind people that that'll be Saturday, March the 7th. That sounds like a blast, man. It else sounds sounds like a blast and something I, I know that Madison Social will have something lined up for. It's a little bit in the future, so we just want to give folks plenty of advance notice, but Florida State today did announce that their home game uh, and road game against LSU have now been cemented, and they actually have dates. I think we were the first outlet out there to put out that Florida State was scheduling a home-and-home series with LSU, or, I mean, pseudo-home-and-home. Home. Now we actually have dates on this. Yeah, uh, we do. Yeah, real kind of mixed emotions on this one uh, when I look at it in general. It's great to be playing big-name competition. LSU, Bama, Georgia have all been confirmed for the 2020 decade, if I'm not mistaken. But my Lord, Florida State's backed itself into some corners with some of the scheduling that's been associated with some of this. And if you're going to schedule like this and you're not going to get a true home-and-home out of it, I don't know. This is a I would much rather be hosting and going to Baton Rouge than playing a game in Orlando and uh, in New Orleans. But uh, we know for sure where it is. And like you said, we'll pair <laughs> and partner with our good friends at Madison Social for uh, for a hell of a tailgate on both occasions. Our good friends at Madso, who I can pretty much guarantee you would rather uh, be planning a home game tailgate, right? As opposed to having to do a tailgate in Orlando. It's like, hey, cool. Awesome games. Local businesses are like, wait, what? How about in the stadium that they renovated and like in College Town that they invested all that money in? What about that? Look, there's no doubt that it, it, in times this does seem like a kind of a short sighted money grab for a program that they might not be winning 10 or 11 ball games a year on a regular basis by, by 2022. You could really need this kind of feather in your cap to attract season ticket sales. In, in this year. I mean, that that's a pretty awesome thing. The, the one thing that I think is going to really change my opinion on this, though, is if the college football playoff expands, if they go to automatic bids, if they go to eight, right? So you end up having your five power conferences getting an automatic, you get your one G5, and then you get your two sort of at-large bids. Then a game like this, it doesn't matter quite as much because you still, in order to get in, if they do expand the playoff, you just need to win your league. And LSU at last check and in your league. If, if they do expand the playoff, and I know there's some ADs out there who are scheduling with the expectation that the playoff does expand. 
Yeah, took the words right out of my mouth. The the scheduling is certainly indicative by many athletic directors that they are of the belief that that's going to move forward and ultimately come to fruition. And if so, like that would be a great thing to schedule to. But I I was working on an article today and I I can't say exactly what it is yet because it hasn't been published. But we don't talk about the teams that were really, really great in SP plus. Right now, if if you're betting on something, sure. If you're evaluating a team, sure. But when we talk about awards, when we talk about getting the average fan excited. They look at wins and losses. They look at Minnesota and think Minnesota had an awesome year. And they did by Minnesota standards, by both their record and by the advanced metrics. But even if Minnesota had been just the luckiest team alive and, and, and had won 11 ball games, they wouldn't care that that was fluky. They, they, they care about, about the wins. Scheduling like this, scheduling LSU back-to-back, scheduling Georgia back-to-back, scheduling Bama back-to-back, a very conservative estimate here, knock off a half win, from 12, right? You're almost starting the year at like an 11 and a half projection, even if you think you're going to win every other game guaranteed, which is unlikely to happen, probably guys. But what's the chance that you come out with a winning record out of a home and home LSU, home and home Georgia, home and home Bama? It's not great. I'm not saying that you're going to lose all of those. You certainly won't. I think you'll win a couple. You're going to pile up some losses. Does the, the revenue that you gain, does that offset those losses? If you play well in those, does that, does that impress the playoff committee? Because at that point, 22-23, you're probably trying to go to the playoff. I mean, realistically, that, that's a that's a prime reload phase. I don't know. This is going to be interesting to see. It's, it's a bit of a gamble, but my guess is that they have more information about what's going to happen to the college ball playoff than I do. So I think they're dealing from a position of strength in terms of information. All right. So we, in the last podcast, had discussed possibly doing a draft of the class of 2020 and listener of ours was <laughs> kind enough to send in a hell of an informational response. Uh, so he pretty much broke it down for us in its entirety. I don't know if you made minor adjustments to these numbers, bud, or if these are the, the raw inputs. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Like Kyle is a Patreon member, patreon.com slash Dolcast. And yeah, he had sent us that game. He's like, Hey, would you guys play the over under game? On career starts, instead of just doing, hey, how many snaps are they going to have as freshmen? Would you play the over-under game on career starts for everybody in Tribe 20, the, the 2020 recruiting class? I was like, okay. Yeah, that's going to take me a bit of time, and I'm a little bit busy right now. I really couldn't tell people what I was working on because, obviously, I had a new job uh, to, to take over and a couple little pieces of paperwork to fill out for that. But, uh, but Kyle, super dedicated listener, yeah, he sent us numbers for all of them. I say we play the game. Let's do it. Let's play the game. Let's let's do this. So here's what I think. Basically, like we'll re- read off the name and the line that Kyle set, and then we'll just alternate who gets to pick first or second, right? So you don't take over under. I'll take over under, and we'll move on to the next one, and we'll keep score. And then once a year, until all of Tribe 20 is out of school, we will we'll, uh, review the scoreboard. And we are going to try and do a better job of keeping track of scoreboard stuff on our predictions and little games we play on the show because people really like the games. We've not done a very good job of following up on the game sometimes, and I think that makes it all the more fun to look back and see how hilariously wrong or right we were uh, sometime on this stuff. So what say you? Let's do it. Absolutely. All right. So line for one Chubba Purdy sits at 24.5 starts. It's a nice healthy number. Uh, I will take the I'll take the under on that. I think Purdy is uh, is a starter for you, but that's a that's two pretty much two years as a full starter. Statistically, it would be tough to take on somebody, in my opinion. 
I'm right there with you. Uh, I'm also going to go ahead and take the under, not because I doubt his talent at all. And I think there's a good chance that, that I'm wrong on this one. To me, this is not an obvious under. It's just an under because I don't even know if he's going to beat out the other kid whose name I'm about to read. I also don't know if he's going to beat out Luke Altmeyer if Suman Altmeyer sticks in the class that the recent quarterback commit that Florida State landed for the class of 2021. So there's, there's a lot of uncertainty there. Uh, and so I'm also going to go with the under uh, on that one. And I'll, I'll lead it off, too. I'm going to go ahead and take the under on uh, on, on Tate Rodemaker at, at 24 and a half. Ingram, really for the same reasoning that I just gave on Purdy. Like, I don't know if he's going to be the starter. If if you told me he was, I would definitely take the over. But I, I don't know. Rodemaker, I'd take the under on as well. And if you want an interesting look at uh, South Georgia dynamics, his father's been like, uh, was fired at Valdosta, which was crazy being that he led them the first state championship they'd had since like the late 70s. And they went 10 and 3 this year. But uh, looks like that actually has gone to like the some county board or something for a second review. Uh, but yeah, some good old South Georgia drama tied to high school football uh, for an example there of uh, of Tate Rodemaker's father. Is there some politics stuff going on there? Because we got a question on that on the last Q&A episode we did. And I, I had intended to follow up on that and I, I didn't. And so try to do a policy of not commenting on stuff that I don't really know about in general, because that's a good way to get in trouble. My guess is there's something else going on there. Yeah. I don't know a ton either. And so I tried to paint in, in broad details. I don't, I just know that he was a successful coach. There doesn't appear to be any, you know, impropriety or anything like that. It just appears as though maybe somebody wanted to go in another direction, but uh, I am not, not fully fluent on the subject matter. All right, so we'll transition away from uh, from Valdosta High School football and move to the running back position. Lawrence Tolafilli, Bud, the number here sits at 20.5 starts on the over-under. It's a good number. It's a good number. Uh, I am, my head says take the under. I think I'm going to take the under. I, I could see Tolafilli kind of, uh, I could see him approaching this number. I'm going to take the under, but I, I think this kid will start for a good bit and, and be a little bit of a, a feature from what they try to build around. This is a pretty strong number, man. I, I really agree with you here. Just looking at this, it does seem, just looking at Norvell's history of running back use, they do seem to get a lot of backs carries. Now, that's not to say they won't give a guy 200 carries if if he if he deserves that. 20 and a half starts is, is tough. This is tempting. I I'm going to agree with you. I'm also going to go on, on the under here just because that, that's hard. And in the last show, we just talked about like, what if, what if they go out and sign like a no doubt five star back this year who, who comes in and he could easily take Toa Philly's spot on day one of his true freshman year starting 2021? Or even like, what if they assigned a kid of Knighton's caliber who I do think is a better back than, than, than Toa Philly is? What, what would this number be? So I'm almost thinking, okay, if he's going to go over, how many starts does he need to get this year? as a true freshman in, in order to really to approach that number, he's got to make this position his this year. Uh, I certainly agree with that kind of tip of my hat here, but ultimately I, I think this may be your, your day one starter in the running back position, but uh, yeah, I'll still stick with the under here and let you take the next guy. Especially because we don't actually know what LeBourne's status is going to be. So, I mean, that's yep. kind of important. Uh, okay. So Corey Wren, your, your big time speedster out of Louisiana, 12 and a half starts, I'm actually going to break our under streak here. I'm going to go ahead and take over. I think this guy has enough speed in his game that they're going to find ways to get him in, in, into the lineup, uh, especially as as Coach Morvell tries to rebuild this roster. 
12 and a half to me uh, is a good number. Like I probably wouldn't go over 15 or over 16 because I have some concerns. Like what if they use this guy in sub packages? I don't know. Maybe he's not a starter starter. I mean, how many games did Kermit Whitfield start, right? Not many, but he ended up playing a lot. Starter is the real key here, but I'm going to go ahead and risk it. I'm, I'm going to take over here on Corey Wren just w- with the thought that if he stays in the program three or four years, he's, I think he can start at least 13 games. Yeah, I thought I was going to break the trend here uh, and provide some diversity as I thought you'd be taking the under. Uh, with that skill set and that speed and uh, the idea that he's here for a couple of years, I'm going to take the over here as well. I think that's a a kid that uh, that could very well see upwards of, uh, of 15 career starts or so. So I'll, I'll take the over as well. Let's see, that takes me to Ladanian Webb, uh, the Juco prospect out of Alabama. Uh, same number here of 12 and a half starts. I'll take the under. Uh, I'll take the under just if nothing else from the shorter timeline of an overall career perspective. I agree. For the same concerns that I would have with, with taking Tofilis over, what happens if they do sign like a mega stud in 2021? He comes in, he takes some starts. Let me, let me ask you this. How many starts in 2020 would would Webb need to have for you to feel really good about this this, uh, this overhitting if you were to take the over? Seven or eight. I, I think I'm probably with you there. Yeah. Like he, uh, he, he would need to get certainly more than half in his first year coming out of junior college uh, in, in order for me to feel good about this, I, I think. All right, uh, moving on to receiver here, Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson, the star receiver of their class out of uh, PBC. Over under, this is aggressive here, 20 and a half starts for Brian Robinson. Go ahead and give me, I'm going to take the under. 20 and a half is, is, is a really high bar to clear. I'm Anything that starts with a 20, I'm probably going to go ahead and take the under just at, at a principle, the, the chance that somebody else beats them out, the chance for attrition, all those things. So I'll, I'll go ahead and go under 20 and a half starts. Also, you could have a really nice career and still not start 21 games. I want to, I want to go over here, uh, but I, I'll take the under as well. Uh, I'll take the under for all the reasons uh, that you talked about. And, and Robinson's dynamic, but Robinson or Robinson's a solid a prospect and is a good prospect. I'm not sure he's super explosive. Some of the other uh, topics that we've talked about as far as getting over-recruited. Uh, but I think he's right to have Robinson uh, far and above the other wide receivers in the class. I might have set this one a little bit. I might have put this one around 17 and a half, 18 starts. Uh, I'll take the under here as well and move to uh, Ja'Kai Douglas. And Ja'Kai Douglas has a number of 12 and a half starts. And this one, bud, I'm going to take the over here. I think this kid's a, think this kid's a ball player. I think this guy uh, will flourish in Norvell's system. And uh, I am going to take the over uh, on the 12 and a half here. I uh, I think we might have some disagreement. I'm going to go ahead and go. There we go. go we have some disagreement. Finally, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and go with the under. Uh, now, you you may get me here. I just think it, like I took an over for Corey Wren. So I feel like the best I could do if I take an over for Douglas is a split. And that's not really what I want to get. Right? Like I want to be hitting more than, than 500 here. Uh, in these picks. And because I, I went over for Wren, Douglas and Wren, I think, have similar skill sets in some ways. Wren's a little more straight line. To me, Ja'Kai Douglas is a little bit more like shifty. You know what I mean? He, he's He's got a little more wiggle to him. I don't think he'd win in a race 
uh, straight line speed. But go ahead and give me the under on Douglas there. I'm glad we're not wagering like a certain number of dollars per every every start missed because there's a chance he could start a whole lot of games too. I mean, he, he's he's a pretty damn good player. It's just going to be a crowded receiver room and, and a room that I feel like is pretty talented. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Uh, the next guy we have, uh, Kenton Portier. Portier is an interesting dude. They have 12 and a half starts here from uh, from our, our Patreon member. 12 and a half starts to me for a guy who is a bit of a project is uh, is still a little bit aggressive. So I'm going to go ahead and take uh, the under uh, for, for KP. And uh, I'm interested to see if if you're willing to join me on the under there. Yeah, yeah, I'll take the under. Big, explosive athlete, a lot of talent, but a very raw prospect. On, I think 12 and a half is a little rich. I, I, I think you're right on that. All right, from Portier, we'll move to Darian Williamson, a kid out of Tennessee. Over under again here at 12 and a half starts. I'll be, uh, be short with my words. I'll take an under here. I think Williamson's a really solid player and has a chance to contribute. 13 starts is a is a, a little rich for my taste when it comes to projecting how many how many times he's ultimately put on the first team. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I mean that that's that's a whole lot. Go ahead and give me the under on uh, on on D-Dub. Okay, so tight end position. Uh, Florida State signed two tight ends, uh, Carter Boatwright over under of 12 and a half starts. Now, we're I mean, this is being stupid to throw in here, but uh, if this these kids graduate into tackles and starts, this is just career starts, correct? Yeah, I I, I feel like, well, I mean, if this was like a, a wager that you put in, we'd have to look at the fine print, Kyle's fine print. Yeah, uh, it doesn't appear like there's any restrictions on this, just career starts. Hell, maybe one of them has like a secret kicking talent and can, uh, can, can all of a sudden get a couple of you know, sneak starts at kicker. So... Who knows? With, with with this class, uh I'll I'll take anything. All right, so Carter Boatwright, player who physically looks the part already to me. I think that with twelve and a half starts as the over under, that kind of lends itself to potentially playing early. Florida State's tight end room is not real stocked, if you guys have noticed recently. So I'm gonna go ahead and go over on Carter Boatwright uh here with twelve and a half starts. Over on Boatwright. Okay. Um, I'll take the under here. Disagreement. There we go. Marcus and Douglas. I'm going to take the over, but oh, I'm going to buy into the hype. 12 and a half starts. I think this kid's a, I think this kid starts for two years at left tackle. Uh, we hinted at it, uh, or not hinted at it. It's not secretive information. We talked about this when he first signed, uh, man, if you're 255, 260 coming out of high school, Nine times out of 10, that means you're 280, 285, 18 months later, uh, or, or 24 months later. I think this kid grows into a tackle. I think this may be one of the, you know, the real the real finds of the 2020 class. So to me, Douglas at 12 and a half starts is an interesting number um, for this reason. There's a lot of ways he could reach 12 and a half because he could play tight end. He could also move to defense and play like like a jumbo defensive end type role. Mm-hmm. Like you said, he could easily play offensive tackle. I actually think he has one of the higher upside numbers in this class, but we don't get extra points if they start a bunch more games than 12 and a half, right? We, we just have to figure out, are they going to be over or under 12 and a half? If we had to be within a certain number, you know, and, and count it up like that, I'd probably take join you in taking the over. But I'm actually going to go with an under here uh, because I don't know if this kid's going to be any good at all. I love his potential upside, 
He's also extremely raw as, as a basketball prospect. So I have to kind of also factor in like, what's his downside risk, you know, which is potentially, uh, quite a bit. So I'm going to go ahead and go with the under here uh, on, on Marcus and Douglas. But if he switches to offensive line early, I think you'll probably win because that would basically mean redshirt during his, his first year switched offensive line. Maybe he's able to play as a redshirt freshman, but even if not, then you have three potential years left, redshirt sophomore through redshirt senior. All he's got to do is start 13 of those, uh, let's just call it probably 40 games um, remaining in, the, in those three years. I know it's a risky pick to go to go under, but I'll go ahead and go over, or excuse me, under on Douglas. All right, now let's move to offensive line. Uh, Zane Herring, local kid out of Madison County. Uh, and our number here, given to us by our Patreon listener, 12 and a half starts, 12 and a half starts for the over-under. So uh, Zane Herring is a solid prospect. I don't think he's an amazing prospect, but on the other hand, this is the one position where you got to consider like who is he actually competing against to play. And I don't know that the competition at, at offensive line at Florida State recently has been all that stiff. So 12 and a half, I'm going to save my breath a little bit here. Give me the over. Yeah, I'll go over here as well. And I think it may be an over where he gets it in, you know, four or five, uh, four starts over three years or something like that. I don't know that Herring is a as a absolute day one starter for you, but I think with the amount of injuries you've had, uh, with the need at the position, and just with the fact that he's a you know college big body, uh, I'll take the over here as well. This would uh, move us to one Robert Scott. Robert Scott is the tackle out of Arkansas that we've discussed. Uh, one of the real, in my opinion, real positive signs as to what the staff was able to get done on the recruiting trail, beating out both Ole Miss and in-state Arkansas. Uh, Twelve and a half is the number. I'm going to take the over here, and this may be, if the kid's healthy, uh, one of the easier numbers on the boards. No doubt. Over for me. He plays offensive tackle. He has a pulse. Next. Thomas Schrader, over-under of 12 and a half starts for Thomas Schrader. My reasoning on this is fairly simple. Thomas Schrader plays offensive line. Thomas Schrader has shown in high school that he can play offensive line at a pretty capable level and has a good injury history uh, and works hard. So go ahead and give me uh, Thomas Schrader over on the 12 and a half starts for Thomas Schrader. Yeah, good uh, kid out of a good program. I'll, I'll take the over here as well. I, again, it may not be a situation where the kid starts uh, as an everyday starter for you, but I think is uh, walking into this locker room as a healthy big body, I'd be surprised if he doesn't start 13 games or more by the time he leaves. Which would take us to Lloyd Willis. Okay, interesting prospect here, bud. This is one where it could be three, or it could be 32. Uh, well, maybe not 32, but Willis could, I think, could. he's got a low, <laughs> real low floor, real big ceiling. Uh, so this will be fascinating to see how it plays out. Uh, again, numbers at 12 and a half here. Uh, I'll take the over. May take a couple years to get there, but uh, I think Willis. Mm, Willis, I think is is somebody that you hope either is a is a massive get or he gets uh, recruited over uh, fairly quickly here. But I'm going to take the over and realize that this one could could blow up in my face. If I win this draft, I might look back and think this is where I win this thing because I'm going to go ahead and take the under on Willis just because he is that much of a project. I love the athleticism, but. I don't want to take four overs on the offensive lineman. 
We know Florida State's going to recruit the offensive line heavily this coming year. And I went over on Scott, I went over on Herring, and I went over on Schrader. So go ahead and give me the under on Willis. Sort of a similar thought in my head here compared to some of the other guys uh, is that he could easily start 30 games for you. But I still think the chance that he starts fewer than 12 and a half is a bigger chance than the chance that he actually starts 13 or more. So go ahead and give me the under there on Lloyd Willis. All right, Angry, we'll pause here real quickly to let you know that we're sending out two more shirts, buddy, because more Nolcast listeners used a resolution home loans to get their dream home, just as I did with mine. That's why the Nolcast comes to you from the Resolution Home Loan Studios. I called 844-FSU-LOAN and got hooked up with Shannon Young. He's the best mortgage guy in the business. Great rates, excellent customer service, knowledge of the business. He can help you get your home at the right price, at the right rate. Again, that's 844-FSU-LOAN or FSUHomeLoans.com. Let's shift the defense here. I believe it's my turn to read one off, and I'm going to go with Manny Rogers. Manny Rogers, uh, who our Patreon listener has set at 12 and a half. Again, 12 and a half here. Pretty consistent number for some of these. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and take the over here. Uh, it, there's no secret that I don't really love what Florida State has recruited to the defensive line position, specifically like true tackles on the inside over the last few years. I think that Rodgers has more talent than a lot of those kids. Additionally, in my opinion, Florida State had kind of been recruiting to a 3-4 under Willie Taggart, and they're not going to run a 3-4 now. So I have some questions about the long-term fit of some of the players that Taggart staff signed there. With Rodgers, I really don't have a fit question at all. Uh, and so I'm going to go ahead and take the over here. Additionally, I took the under on Lloyd Willis, and having seen Rodgers in person, like if he doesn't work out a D tackle, Alex Atkins might pull him over to the offensive line line group with a quickness because he he's got kind of a tackle body. So I'm going to go ahead and, and take the over on on Manny Rogers uh, with with one of my most confident picks. And I know he's a bit of a project, but still a positional need, versatility, potential. Yeah, go, go ahead and give me that over. Yeah, uh, to put it real quickly, you don't have bodies like this on the roster right now. Uh, I'd be shocked if this kid doesn't get 13 starts before he leaves, uh, regardless, you know, whether that's on one side of the side of the ball or the other. Uh, so I'll, I'll take the over here as well. Which brings us to Josh Griffiths. Uh, Griffiths is a kid that's uh, already doing a lot of uh, uh, voluntary workouts, it would seem, from <laughs> from what social media has to uh, to tell us. Uh, a guy who has a, a big motor, 12 and a half is the number here. I'm going to take the over, bud. And, and I think I've taken like seven overs in a, in a row here. Uh, to an extent, it's maybe a kid that I hope uh, gets recruited over at some point or at least has to fight for his job and, and make somebody else really fight for his job. Uh, but I'll take the over here. Uh, with the idea that uh, that kind of motor and want may win the day. Yeah, I I don't have a great reason to pick under in light of the fact that, like, who's your favorite true defensive end Florida State's recruited over the last three cycles? Yeah, it's, it's a very limited, very limited. It's kind of a trick question, right? I mean, because they were recruiting for a 3-4, uh, if you are more of a, a true 4-3 guy, I'm going to take your over because I don't know that they have the guys who are really the fit for what they want to run from the prior classes. So go ahead and give me the over there on Josh Griffiths, which brings us, by the way, 
to uh, TJ Davis, TJ Davis uh, out of uh, Georgia, 12 and a half for him. He's a dude who's got some real juice to him off the edge and, and some, some really kind of plus athleticism. I think I'm going to go over on Davis too, just because of, of, of the fit, the fit need and they need a pass rusher. And like, he's the one guy in this class who can really rush the passer off the edge. I think go ahead and give me the over there. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with my my trend of overs here as well. Think it's a think it's a kid that uh, just fits the system, and there's not many other pieces like him right now. Uh, so twelve and a half starts. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, that moves us to linebackers, and the first one out of the gate is Stephen Dix Jr. Uh, Dix Jr. at twenty point five starts. Uh, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the under here. Uh, I think that Dix is a nice prospect. Uh, that's just a, a big number on a room that you might have already gotten a commitment from a kid. You could get a linebacker is a place that Florida State could have a hell of a 2021 class uh, and putting a 21 uh, start number to anybody is a, a little bit too high for me. Yeah, when, when I saw this number, I was bummed, man, because I was really excited to to predict an over for Steven Dix. Like Coach Norvell has already given him a lot of props. I mean, for a, a freshman who hasn't played it down yet, if you watch the signing day press conference, I know you did. I mean, he was really impressed with, with some Stephen Dix, and and so was uh, so was Coach Fuller, the, the defensive coordinator. And yet I, I looked here, and Kyle hung a number at twenty and a half, and I'm like, man, if he doesn't start as a true freshman, and then you got Jennings coming in for twenty one, uh, where, where are these starts coming from? Man, maybe maybe he beats everybody else out, and he's the unquestioned starter. But you know, linebacker is a spot where I don't hate how they've recruited in, in the past couple of years. I think they need some coaching. I don't think Florida State had the best linebacker coaching in recent years. I don't know if you would agree with that. Probably would, I think. They had a good recruiter at the linebacker spot, but I don't know these kids always got the best coaching at the linebacker position in, in recent years. So go ahead and give me the under there on, on Dix. Reluctantly, I'm, I'm with you. And you did break a string of eight uh, or eight consecutive overs, which is extremely aggressive. A lot of starters in this class, according to me. All right, Jayon McCluster is the next one here with a number at 12.5. I'll take the I'll take the under here. I'll take the under again. Position that could be recruited over. Good bodies in the room already. Uh, and the next name on the list is is somebody I'm probably going to take the over. Uh, so I'll take the under on McCluster. I'm right there with you. Give me the under on, on McCluster. Uh, I for all the reasons. I mean, like, what if Dix gets 18 starts? That eats into some of McCluster starts. Probably not going to eat in, into Jennings starts very much. So go go ahead and give me the under on, on McCluster. DJ Lundy next, a big time wrestler out of Georgia, physical kid. He's a thumper. You know he's got a chance to to start a good number of games for them. I also, I was going to go under just by rule on all these linebackers, not because I don't think they're good players. I, I think they have a chance to be good players, but compared to some of the other positions out there, uh, I think there's a possibility that Florida State's existing roster is actually pretty good here, which could make it more difficult to get in the lineup, right? That's kind of what makes this game fun and challenging. We're not just thinking, hey, how good is this kid? It's also, how good is this kid? What's the number that he has to hit? In what time frame? For instance, some of these JUCO kids don't have the same time frame. And then also, like, what's on the existing roster? That's kind of what makes this game really fun. I'm glad Kyle, Kyle had the idea for it. It's an awesome off-season concept, I think. With that said, I kind of bought myself some time to think about what I'm going to pick for Lundy. And uh, go ahead and give me 
Go ahead and give me the under on Lundy too. I'm, I'm going to go under for all three of these backers. I, I know people are going to boo me on that, uh, but but I'm, I'm going to go go just straight under ticket on, on these backers. Uh, over on on Lundy all day long. Uh, feel good about it. Do you? Uh, there we go. Are you factoring in the possibility that he could also play some defensive end in that? I do. I just think he's a. I think he's a pretty. I'm uh, not a special athlete, but I think he's a good football player with a real good motor. Uh, and I, th- I think he's going to get snaps. I do. Uh, I think he's a super competitive guy, probably letting his wrestling black background bleed too much into my line of thought. Uh, but I think Lundy's a, a ball player and somebody that uh, may be a starter in, in, in midway through his freshman year. All right. So I believe you are up with Demory Tate as, as we move to defensive back. Demory Tate with a, a very, very healthy 20.5 starts here. Uh, there's not a whole lot of kids that I feel comfortable putting a number like that. And with the way that Florida State's recruited a defensive back, that is the one place where Florida State has continued to stockpile uh, high-end talent. But Tor- uh, Tate is an exceptional prospect who, uh, who I hope we're not putting too much on, but uh, I think that kid starts. I think that kid's a, a special player who uh, is probably a three-year starter. So my thought on this was, okay, what if he doesn't start as a freshman and then has two awesome years and goes pro early? I'm still that like if he say if he stayed totally healthy, that's 26 game, right? I'm I'm taking mm-hmm. the over. Right. Yeah, I, I, Kyle, I I think this might have been a little bit of a of a soft number, and so yeah, go go ahead and give me the over on on Tate there. Uh, Jadarius Green, or no, that's that's that one. Jarius might be. That is mine. Boy, have you lost your mind? Cause no, no, no. I'll help you find it. What you looking for? Ain't nobody gonna help you out there. All right, so Jadarius Green McKnight uh, out of Dunbar High School in Fort Myers, Florida. Uh, shout out two three nine over under of twenty and a half starts. So Green McKnight, what do we know about him? He's not real tall. Uh, he could actually play multiple positions for you, potentially like a little bit of a hybrid safety slash linebacker. He's definitely a hitter, has a pretty good nose for the football. But we also know that he's coming into a pretty loaded secondary. I think the secondary is a little bit better at corner than it is uh, at safety. So there's the issue there, right, of positional scarcity, maybe like open position availability. And we just picked Tate for an over, despite the fact that he's at the more loaded position. But I, I don't believe that Green McKnight is in the same quality of recruit as far as upside potential that Tate is. Now, he may have a great career. I think it's certainly possible that he could, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and go with an under on Jadarius Green McKnight. Yeah, I'll take the under uh, as well. I think the kid has a a lot of potential and a chance to be a solid contributor. Uh, I don't know if he's a a 21-game starter. Uh, and moving to the next one is Sidney Williams. Williams is the recent addition uh, at a Mobile uh, Viker High School. Number here is at 12 and a half. I think they might have gotten a player, maybe a better player than the stars and stats would indicate, and a guy who was hindered by injury. But uh, I can't in good conscience tell you that uh, I'll to take the over here. Uh, just from a, a, a reasonable perspective, I'll take the under. And uh, hope that, that Williams proves uh, proves me wrong over the course of his career. You know, man, this one really kind of uh, he kind of has me intrigued. That the more I, the more I watch him, and and they, they may have gotten a steal here. Um, and in thinking about this, I'm kind of like, wait a second, he could end up starting 40 games. He could also end up starting zero games, and and maybe never work out. Like he's definitely a bit of a project, right? Like I'm not saying the kid's a bad player. I think he has a lot of upside, but 
he's not guaranteed to develop. And even though I think this staff has a pretty good track record of coaching everywhere they've been, nobody hits 100% on, on, on their projects. Like if, if he ends up taking a little bit longer to develop and still ends up being a really good player for you, maybe a situational defender to start the back half of his career. And then, you know, maybe the last year of his career, he starts a good number of games. That's still not guaranteed to get you to 13 starts. I mean, 13 starts is a full year of games with no injuries. I, I don't know, man. Like, I think I'm going to go under on Sidney Williams. That's. That's kind of a tougher one for me, a, a little bit tougher than I thought it would be. Yeah, I, that, I'm, I'm going to go under there. All right, Ingram, let's pause here real quickly to thank Travis Johnson of the Metter and Johnson Law Firm. Travis Johnson is a board-certified family law attorney. There's only 280 of those in the state out of over 110,000 attorneys in Florida. He has over a decade of experience. He knows that each case is unique, and he has the experience to handle your specific situation with the care it deserves. There's a lot of stuff that you may not even know if you're if you're going through a family law type event that you just need some expert advice on. Do you know that 401ks, IRAs, pensions, FRS plans, other retirement accounts are, are subject to division in a divorce regardless of the length of marriage? Travis does. Travis can help you with questions like that and more. Phone number 850-435-9919. It's 850-435-9919. 19. He'll come to you cases throughout the state. That's Travis Johnson of the Metter and Johnson Law Firm. So our first real um, disagreement here uh, came with Ja'Kai Douglas. I took an under on Douglas at 12 and a half. You took an over. Uh, our second disagreement uh, came with Carter Boatwright. I went ahead and took uh, an over. And you took an under, and then we actually flip-flopped on Marcus and Douglas. You took an over on 12 and a half, and I took uh, an under there. And then you went on an extreme run of overs. Ingram absolutely loves the the back half of this offensive class. Uh, so I took overs for quite a few picks, in, or three or four picks in a row as well. And then our next disagreement was... Uh, I took under on Lloyd Wills at 12 and a half, which I know is kind of aggressive and that could really bite me in the butt. But, you know, there's also the chance that he doesn't develop. So we'll see. Uh, and then you took the over on Lloyd Wills. Obviously, that's why I'm reading it off as a disagreement, because clearly if I take the under, you take the over in order for it to be a disagreement. And then the last one that I think we actually had a disagreement on here is DJ Lundy. Uh Lundy at 12 yeah, and a half Lundy. starts. I went ahead and took the under here just because I, I do believe in what they have on the roster a little bit at backer already. And you took the over. So that's, uh, that's a decent number of disagreements. Um, for next year, I'm trying to think about something. What if we had taken, like, did you change any picks after I gave my reasoning? And I'm trying to think if I did after you gave your reasoning. What if next year we submitted our picks and then didn't look at them until we actually did the show. That way we couldn't change. Do you think we'd have more disagreement? That's a good idea. I, that's a good idea. I don't know that I was uh, that I changed anything, but uh, human nature always creeps into things. And when you listen to somebody give their opinion, hard not to be somewhat shaped by it. So yeah, that's a, that'd be a good adjustment in year two. I think I might have changed my uh, mine on on uh, maybe on maybe on Dix actually because I, I think I might have gone over just because of what Norvell was saying, but. 
your point about, about the, the room and, and what, uh, what they also have coming in with Jennings. I think that influenced me a little bit. Well, that's fun, man. I'm glad we did that. Kyle, uh, major, major thank you to you. And, uh, we'll monitor this. Like Bud said, we'll make a better effort and a larger effort to, uh, kind of cultivate some of the conversations that we have, document them and, and look back on, uh, where we hit and where we missed. This has been the Nolcast, created and hosted by myself, Ingram Smith, and Bud Elliott. The Nolcast is produced by Justin with music from Judson Wright. Thank you.